Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer, and I'm so excited to share with you ideas from a good friend of mine, Rochelle Baborona. Rochelle, thanks for joining us again. Your nature notebook looks so different from mine because mine is just lists and words and maybe a little tiny duckling here <laughs> if nobody's looking, you know? But yours is much more artistic and my goal is not to make my notebook look exactly like yours. Right. And that's okay. But I would love to continue to grow in yes. my abilities to add pictures and, and paintings into my notebook. So mm -hmm. do you have, I'm sure you do, <laughs> would you share with us? <laughs> I hope I have some tips for yeah, you Yes, some, some wisdom, some encouragement sure. in how we can all keep growing in that. Right. So I think that we're going to be talking about two different things, really, and that's going to be the art lesson and then nature journaling, because they are two separate things. That's a good point. I didn't think about mm -hmm. to, to improve in the nature notebook. It might be good to, to take some art lessons. Yes. <laughs> so historically, Charlotte Mason had handicrafts three times a week and then an art lesson or a drawing lesson twice a week. And these were 20 to 30 minute lessons. But the point is, is that our nature journaling time is not it's not our art lesson time. It's not the time to learn these oh, tips. Right. It's the time to practice mm -hmm. them, to apply them. Well, maybe? I think the beauty of what sitting down to paint a specimen that we found in nature or that we're out in nature observing is, is that it gives us that time to observe and to make friends with that natural mm -hmm. object. Yeah. And we've all heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words. So what we actually draw or paint in our nature notebook is going to give us a lot more information sometimes than what we've written about. That's true. My my lists and, and written observations tend to be very abbreviated, mm -hmm. not, not flowing and all descriptive. So yes, mm -hmm. I agree. And it doesn't take an artist to actually um, make the illustration in the nature journal the way that Charlotte Mason uh, wanted those nature journals to look like. So she wasn't expecting the country diary of an Edwardian lady from everybody? Well, you know what? I actually, <laughs> once you once you do learn brush drawing, and we won't, we'll talk about different mediums today. You don't have to do brush drawing per se. It was her preferred method. And once you do learn brush drawing, you'd be surprised at what you're actually able to, with a few strokes, what you're actually able to say with your brush. So with the strokes in your brush drawing course, yeah. um, I love the new videos that you have made to go with that course because it shows how you can put those strokes together mm -hmm. and create those things of beauty that are in your nature mm -hmm. notebooks. Thank you. And that it, that's one of the things. So if we are using colored pencils or if we're using brush drawing using watercolors, then during our art lesson or our time to have a drawing lesson, what we want to do is we want to just learn that handful of strokes for both. So with, a, mm -hmm. with pencils, that's just um, our curved line, a straight line, ha those hash marks, um, so we can do shading. And so with brush drawing, that's going to be also just a handful of strokes. But if we think about it like a musical instrument, learning to play a musical instrument, we might have seven notes, but 
the power of those seven notes is that they can be combined into a song or a composition. And so if you think about it that way, by learning just a few strokes and practicing those strokes during our drawing lesson, what we learn in that time, we can then incorporate into our nature journal. That makes total sense. So I'm getting hope here. Good. <laughs> that, that really everybody's able to do this. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> Charlotte Mason felt very strongly, you know, she was coming out of a time, and sometimes hard to even imagine this, but she was coming out of a time that both music and drawing were only taught to people that that it was believed that they had a capacity to do that. Oh, yes, yes. And because we, we give our children music lessons, composer study, we give them watercolor lessons, it's hard to remember that there was a time when there was a belief that, that this was only an accomplishment, perhaps for wealthy people. Um, but now we have the freedom to learn learn these techniques. And enjoy them, no matter yes. what our proficiency level is, we can mm -hmm. grow, we can continue yes. to grow in them yeah. at our own, it, as an individual, yes. as a person, mm -hmm. yeah. Right, and Charlotte Mason did believe that anyone could. I want to read, read some quotes. Um, a child of six will produce a dandelion, poppy, daisy, iris with its leaves, impelled by the desire to represent what he sees with surprising vigor and correctness. This is from Home Education, page 55. So this is um, a child of six. Mm. So if a child of six can do that, I think we can do that too. I keep picturing, you know, Leonardo as a child of six could do that. <laughs> so we won't all um, be child prodigies. Not everybody's right? Giotto, you know. No, we have to give ourselves some grace, right? Um, she says in Philosophy of Education, the first buttercup in a child's nature notebook is shockingly crude. Oh, yay! <laughs> the sort of thing to scandalize a teacher of brush drawing. But by and by, another buttercup will appear with the delicate poise, uplift, and radiance of the growing flower. That's from Philosophy of Education, page 217. By and by. By and by. And also, mm. um, we aren't expected to do a detailed botanical drawing. And that might come later in high school in a, in a course on botany. But what we really want to get across is the personality, if you will, of the flower or plant. I like that. That takes a lot of pressure off. Yes. And if you go to the Charlotte Mason Digital Collection and you look through the um, nature journals that they have online, mm -hmm. you can see the beginning nature journals. Sometimes they'll have up to three or four of one student's nature journals, and you can see the progress that that student has made. It's really amazing. It makes total sense when you compared it to just like, you know, a musical instrument. Mm -hmm. You have to practice. Right. And it's going to take time to get. Yes. To we all where start you be. somewhere. Yeah. I, I like to tell my boys that if it weren't for practice, we would all be major league baseball players. You know, because <laughs> we we just have to give the time to practice. <laughs> if we just didn't have to do the practicing, right. we could we could jump right there. Mm -hmm. And and we know that with our children, mm -hmm. but so often I don't give that same grace to myself. Right. So good. Um, All right, so where do we start? Okay, we start with the habit of observation. So what we're going to do is we're going to build the artist's hand and eye, and it shouldn't be a scary thing because really what we're, the main part of it, at least 50%, is observation. 
So we need to be out in nature, observing nature closely. We use that term, observe closely, mm -hmm. a lot. And I know what it means, just yes. for me personally, I know what it means to observe a sentence closely. Yes. But to observe nature closely, what am I looking for? What okay. am I supposed to be doing? I, I know in your brush drawing course, mm -hmm. you give some specific questions to yes. ask yourself. Are, are those the types of things that we should be looking yes. for? And, and I'll read those questions because these are really going to, these questions will guide you in how you're going to draw that nature specimen. So there were six questions that Charlotte Mason students, at first the, the teacher might be asking these questions. To guide them. To guide ah. them, but then it becomes a habit, and we're asking ourselves these questions as we look at our nature specimen. So we need to ask them in almost every situation until they become right. just, that's just the process you go through, a habit. Yes, yes. of course. Okay, <laughs> give us the questions. Here we go. All right. What is its name and where is it found? So this might stir up some information. And you, you don't have to have identified the nature specimen when you put it in your nature notebook. That could come sometimes years later. Yeah. Or I've had times where I've misidentified things and I find out a few years later. But we can still write down where we found right. it Yes. to help us. And that's really going to help you because when you know where it was found, you can follow that one object through the seasons and you can come back to it. Good. All right, question one. What is its name and where is it found? Where is it found? Okay. How many parts is the model divided into? So that could be if you're doing a, um, a twig from a tree, we want to know its divisions. Does it, you know, does it have two divisions? Or, oh, okay. or say you have, an, we were talking earlier about New England asters. Yes. And a New England aster could have you know, a number of divisions, so you'll have your chief stem, but then you'll have other divisions of smaller stems coming off of it. And I'm going to assume there's no right and wrong answer to this. It's really how your brain wants to dissect the pieces. Correct. So you're looking at smaller parts that make mm -hmm. up the whole is the main yes. thing. Yes, and what you're doing with this observation is you're actually learning how to compose the object in your nature notebook. Ah, okay. clever. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's like, so it's like when, when, um, when we're doing picture study with our children, and we don't talk necessarily, we don't use the word composition, mm -hmm. but the child's observing, intently observing this picture, and they are absorbing these points of composition. You might ask, where is the light coming from? Or even if you ask, what time of day is it when you're looking at a picture, mm -hmm. piece of art for picture study, they're going to need to observe where that light is coming from and where the shadows fall. And that's all part of the artist's composition. Now we're talking about the creator's composition. Mm. These are beautiful flowers and, and plants. And we're going to look at you know, how the model is divided. Yes. Um, then, what are its most prominent or chief lines? And we touched on that a little bit. That's that main, the main stem, the main, stem mm -hmm. main stalk. So the chief lines, and we usually begin with chief lines when we're going to paint or draw something. So we're looking at the parts and then we're finding the starting point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then which are the finest lines? 
So that could be those stems. It could be the smaller leaves. There could be larger leaves and then smaller leaves. Okay. Um, the fifth question, how many buds, berries, petals, leaves has it in all? Now during the drawing lesson, we can actually take off a few leaves, take off a few um, of the of the stems coming out of the chief one so uh -huh. that it's easier for a child to draw or for an adult to draw. So you're just drawing that part mm -hmm. instead of trying to do right. the whole thing in the drawing right. lesson, you're saying. In the drawing lesson. It which could is have, a later time mm -hmm. or so a different could, time. Yes. Okay. Then where do the shadows lie on the object? And so equating that to picture study, we look at the shadows in the composition of, of a masterwork of art. And now with our, you know, whichever thing nature object that we're looking at, we want to see where the shadows lie on that object. It doesn't sound so intimidating when you break it down like right. that. Mm -hmm. If you can think about each mm -hmm. of those pieces, that would be yes. very helpful. Yes, because we're really, rather than um, looking inside ourselves and what we can and we can't do, we're looking outside ourselves at the nature object and we're getting to know it just like we get to know each other as yes. we sit and talk. That's huge what you just mm -hmm. said because I've been thinking about that lately, that so often when we are in a tough situation, the first thing that floods through my mind at least mm -hmm. is I can't Yes. or I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not an artist. I can't draw this. And yet Charlotte's motto yes. is I am, I can, <laughs> I ought, I will. Yeah. And if we focus so much on what we can't do, we're mm -hmm. never going to get to the I ought and I will. Right. How will we grow? If we're stuck in I can't. Yes. And... A big thing about this is that um, when we're telling our children that it's important for them to do something, but they never see us yes. doing that, then, I mean, no one more than a child can recognize a hypocritical nature. I'm sorry to say. That is true. And, and you know, I know this from experience because I um, am not good at paper sloyd, or I wasn't. I got better, actually. But I remember one day that I gave... Um, I gave my children a paper sloyd project to do, and they were like, aren't you going to do this with us? And I said, I'm just no good at it. And out of their mouths came, I am, I can, I ought, I will. And, you know, so, so this is a really good thing is to um, sit with our children to do a nature, yeah. nature journal entry. Why would they want to if we never, if they never and see And we want to it? encourage them, yes, you might not be good at it mm -hmm. yet, Yes. But you need to try because the only way you're mm -hmm. going to get better is to practice. Yeah. And so often we want to stay in our comfort zone yes. and not do that work to grow and practice. Yeah, yeah well, we could just stop yes, the episode sir. right here, you know, <laughs> and we'll all go have a yes. moment of repentance. That was, um, yes, that's, that's a good word. All right, okay. so we have observed this specimen with an attitude of I am, I can, I, yes. I ought, I will. And the tips you're giving us mm -hmm. helps us see how we can do this. Yes. All right. So that's habit of observation. What other tips can you give us? Okay. Well, first we'll start with the physical atmosphere because we do want to set ourselves and our children up for success. So if we're inside and we're going to be drawing our nature objects, we want to be sitting at a desk or a table that's the right height, and a chair that's the right height. We want to have good light. We want to have enough room that we are physically able to keep ourselves fluid so that we can express 
that that plant or flower, you know, with I like how you said the personality of mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so that's part of the physical atmosphere of it. Another part, the tools that we use, and you know, we probably all have read in home education that Charlotte Mason tells us that children should have the best, and the best does not necessarily mean the most expensive. So I want to talk just a little bit about the tools of in nature journaling. And um, and this is the, the illustrative part. I won't go into anything else. Okay. But so if we're going to use um, colored pencils or we're going to be using watercolors, paints, when we see the word student or academic when we're going out to purchase something, we need to know that student versus professional grade does make a difference. Now the student grade is less pigmented. It has more binder um, of usually wax. So if it's a student grade colored pencil, it's going to be harder. Um, Does that make sense? Sometimes you've drawn with something um, and it's it's not laying the color down. It feels really hard. It's chalky, it's opaque. And you feel um, like it's your fault, right? Because I can't get it to look right. Mm-hmm. But it might but be the tool's fault. Yes, it could be the tool's fault. And ah. especially today, we have a lot of um, good quality art supplies at our disposal now that um, you know that people didn't have 100 years ago. Yeah. So you and it, like I said, doesn't mean expensive. There are, there are different ranges, of course. You don't need the most expensive, but just beware of the student, mm-hmm. right? Grade. Right, because it can help your your drawings to have actually better supplies. And so paper is another supply. So with your um, journaling a year in nature, mm-hmm. I really love the paper in that. It is 67 pound, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's close to 70 pounds. It's called a vellum bristol. And what that means is that that vellum is the, the texture of it, and it's it, that paper has enough tooth to help your your colored pencil. It's heavy enough that it can take watercolor, not really wet watercolor, but with brush drying, we don't use a lot of water. Um, and it is also smooth enough, because it's Bristol paper, it's smooth enough that you can write in it as well. So that's a really good paper to use for nature journaling. I was really pleased when when you chose that paper. And if you're going to purchase um, a nature journaling, a a separate, um, you know, sketchbook or something like that, you could, if you're going to use more water in your watercolors, you might want to go to uh, one with cotton because it's more absorbent rather than wood pulp. Um, in the papers. In the papers. Okay. So at least 25% cotton. Um, if, you, if you grow to really love nature journaling, you know you're going to continue. You could invest in 100% cotton paper. Mm. So that's, that's just one other tip. I never thought about the quality of your tools, mm-hmm. but I can see how it could have a big effect on yeah. your desire mm-hmm. to keep going and your encouragement to keep keep on right. growing. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And that would, as you said, with, with uh, colored pencils or with paint yeah. or any of the things that mm-hmm. the pigmentation, 
uh, yes. saturation points yes. yeah, are important. Yes. Good. If you if you have now the lower quality paper, printer paper even, you can be using for your drawing lessons in the beginning because it's, you know, we don't want to go overboard. It's expensive. But if you are using a paper, a lot of times they have coatings on it now. And so it won't take your medium. It won't take your colored mm. pencil. It won't even take your marker. You'll see it kind of floats on top. So you want to make sure that you are using a paper that doesn't have a coating on it. All right, so we've got the habit of observation. We've got physical atmosphere. Yes. What else? All right, so we discussed a little bit about keeping your art time separate from your nature journaling time. So your art lesson, I'll just give you a few tips uh, on the art lesson. Okay. okay. So in Charlotte Mason schools, they would have kind of, put on, the children put on pinafores before they began their brush drawing lesson. And while our children might not be putting on pinafores, there's kind of this time where you're, you're putting your art supplies out neatly. It's not quite a ritual, but it is. A, it shows a break in what we have been doing. It's going to get us into this kind of mindset of now we're going to pause. We're going to be good stewards of our, you know, of our art supplies that we've because we have nicer art supplies. Yes, it's going to make us want to take care of them. So we set apart apart this time, and we know that we're going to sit down. We're going to come ready to observe, ready to train our hands and our and our eyes. The idea of putting on pinafores to me is like giving you permission that this might be messy. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be perfect. Right. You know, so just, you know, protect your clothes and let's go have some right. fun. Yes. <laughs> you do want it to be fun. We don't want to be uptight during our art lesson because it's really important to remain relaxed. If you're tight, mm. that's going to show in the movements that you're making with your hands. There's a key okay. right there. Okay, mental <laughs> note. Good point. All right. Another thing is we discussed learning learning the techniques. So that's what we're going to do during our art lesson. So it, no matter which medium we're, we're using, we just want to learn those basic techniques that well, we can then And let apply. me just insert, because I know you you probably won't mention this, you're too mm -hmm. modest, but um, if people want to use brush drawing, yes. as Charlotte did, mm -hmm. you have a wonderful course, Thank a basic you. course that walks them through those strokes. It has video components so they can see you doing it mm -hmm. and you talk them through it and the individual cards so each child can go at his or her own pace yes. and each adult can go at his or her own pace. So that's a wonderful tool to use for these art oh, lessons. Thank you. It, it really does start for the very beginner or because it's a new technique. So even if you're, even if you are artistic, this is a, a different technique from what you might be used to. And so um, the reason one of the reasons that Charlotte Mason liked brush drawing, she said it, it gave life to a line. And, and, you know, when we're looking at our objects out in nature, these beautiful plants, the wind might be blowing, you see one, one plant turns its face to the sun, yes. things like this. And those are the things that those fluid strokes that we practice a lot so that they become very fluid, um, that's what we're able to relay in our nature journals using brush drawing. It's funny what you were talking about, the flower turning its face to the sun, because mm -hmm. I just noticed that yesterday in one of the flowers in my front garden. And I never thought, though, about taking the time to do an art lesson 
with that. And to me, yeah. it's, it's always been put it in your nature notebook. If it's nature, mm -hmm. it goes in your nature notebook. But doing the actual yes. lesson to practice it and to get better with the mm -hmm. techniques, is it's a freeing idea. Yes. I love this. So, okay, so the brush drawing helps with, as you said, it gives the life, shows the personality of mm -hmm. this nature object. What other tips can you give us for those art lessons okay. separate times? Well, one thing that I really like that Charlotte Mason Schools did is during the art lesson, they would take a piece of paper and they, the teacher would draw a line down the middle of the paper. Now, when you're asking those questions, I'll get to why we draw that line. Okay. When, when we've asked those questions of what we're looking at, what is the chief line, what are, you know, how many leaves, how many berries, things like this. Yes. And we're building that composition in our head. We can also take our paintbrush, and before we ever set paint to paper, we just take the brush, and we can do that composition in the air. Then, <laughs> during the, yes. <laughs> I'm seeing a relation here to when children are learning how to write. Yes. They start in the <laughs> air. Of course, Charlotte is so consistent. Okay, go yes, ahead. Her methods are, are just everywhere in they this. They are. But, um, so then we've got that, that drawn up in the air. And with younger children, if you're doing this with younger children, then um, you can help them build it step by step through that thought process or pinning a piece of paper up on, on the wall, taping it up to the wall, and going through while they tell you what's the chief line, and then you can draw it. And again, you don't have to be an artist for this because it's the natural object that is the star of the show, not you. And so you can build that up. Then your student can draw one of his own or brush draw one of his own on one side of the paper. Now that the child knows or you know where you're going with this, you do it again on the next side of the, on the other side of the paper. Uh -huh. So now you've actually drawn that in your mind, you've drawn it in the air, and you've drawn it twice during your art lesson. Now, whether you choose to put this in your nature journal is up to you and up to the child. Okay. But what you've learned during your art lesson now can be incorporated with any plant. That is brilliant. So brilliant. And I can see how having that background, that experience mm -hmm. of the art lesson yeah. infuses more confidence in you the next time you go out for your nature yes. study. Definitely. Yes. So it's like a continuous cycle. It's, mm -hmm. it's like we need to have an attitude of I am, I can, I ought, yes. I will in order to encourage us to keep growing. Yes. And then we can use those art lessons as a tool mm -hmm. in that growth. Yes. And as we use that tool in that growth, that fuels our attitude that we want to keep growing. And it just is a continuous cycle. Mm -hmm. yes. And I, I think there's something even... Even more that we can add to that that's happening during all of this. And that's that when we are observing these things, we are um, we're falling in love with nature mm. more and more. So not only are we training our eye and we're training our hand, we're also training our hearts. Yes. It's not just a mechanical exercise. Mm. It is, um, I was reading last night in, mm. um, in Memoriam, the tribute of, of former 
student of the PUS school, mm-hmm. and he talked about how he did, you know, the nature notebook and this stuff like that, and it was kind of like, yeah, okay, I did that. But then later in life, he moved over to Italy for a while, and he said, and because of my training and the habits, mm-hmm. I just naturally picked up another nature notebook and started going out and capturing all of the wildlife around me and, and the, the wild flowers and the things on the Swiss Alps. You know, mm-hmm. he was traveling over in Europe and all of these things around me because he just had that love for it and it was just ingrained in mm-hmm. him. It was, that's just, that's what you do, of course. Yes. You, yes. you get to know it around you. He told a funny story that <laughs> he, he took a specimen, he took a yes. flower back to his cottage to paint and put in his nature notebook. And when he came in, one of the national ladies, their local ladies, saw it and said, what are you going to do with that? And he said, I'm going to paint it. And she said, I don't know if it's going to stick on the flower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, <laughs> but he was in love with mm-hmm. those things. It was just, yes. it, it was ingrained so deeply. Mm-hmm. So that's a wonderful point. Yes. So, I mean, my children have graduated now. I don't know if they'll you know, but maybe one day they will pick up their nature journals again. I don't know. But what I do know, because we still go on nature walks together, is that because of their nature journaling, it it did instill a love of nature in them. And even if they don't become the next Leonardo mm-hmm. da Vinci, right. which is most likely not going to happen, you know, um, the things that they learned in those art lessons... And separately, in those times of of drawing and sketching and painting in their nature notebooks, is has benefited them. It has mm-hmm. played an important role in who they became, yeah. in developing their character, and in developing the sense of I am, I can. Yes, that that reminds me of something that one of my good friends told me. She was raised in a state where they were they were taught in school. Um, a lot of fear about women need to take care of the environment and it was all fear based mm. and she said that when became, she became a Charlotte Mason educator having children and beginning Charlotte Mason style lessons that is what truly taught her to be a good steward of the environment and with her children as well because of the love that it instilled oh that's wonderful that's wonderful Thank you for sharing all these great ideas to help build that love within us and record it in our nature notebooks. We can continue to grow in that process, both internally and hopefully externally as well. you can do it. (laughs) Thanks so much. You're welcome. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.